0: It's the end of the
1: world as we know it, and I feel
0: fine. That's great, it's dark, it's wake, birth, it starts with an earthquake, birds, snakes, and airplanes, yeah, many brutes, not afraid. I have a hermitine, listen to yourself, the world, but you don't need something, to your own head, Speed it up, and I'll got no excuse, The ladder, put the clatter, with the fear of fight, downright, fire in a fire, with the of the gang, the government for hiring the combat site. But you was what's coming in a hurry, with the jury to get down your neck. Reporter, the, trump, the problems with that low plane find them up overflow secret world you know me to see your heart. Tell me is, you're the the with the right. You we got right, it, right, the It's the end of the world as we know it. It's the end of the world as we know it. It's the end of the world as we know it. And I feel fine Welcome to the Doom and Bloom Hour with medical preparedness experts, Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy. Your source for information on how to succeed if everything else fails. And now, your hosts, Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy. This is the hour of Doom, ladies and gentlemen.
1: And Bloom.
0: That's right. Friends and
1: neighbors. Friends and neighbors.
0: <laughs> this is the Doom and Bloom Survival Medicine Hour, a tincture of titanic temerity in a terrible world. I'm Joe Alton, MD, also known as Dr. Bones of net. where you'll find over 900 posts, videos, podcasts, all sorts of stuff on medical preparedness for any disaster.
1: And I'm Amy Alton. Also known as Nurse Amy. Nurse and Amy. Nursey Amy, as you say.
0: <laughs> I never say that.
1: Oh, okay. You I never say, say esteemed that. esteemed
0: colleague, colleague <laughs> Nurse Amy. Yes. Yes.
1: That's true. Respect to the nurses. That's
0: right. R-E-S-P-E-C-T.
1: <laughs> I am an advanced registered nurse practitioner <laughs> and a certified nurse midwife.
0: And, of course, the hostess with the us on this program. Our mission is to put... A medically prepared person in every family for any disaster. We are indeed the dynamic duo of daring uh, desperation. Oh, that's so funny you
1: said that. <laughs> I was thinking that or same you, word. you That's that? hilarious.
0: <laughs> well, <laughs>
1: that's the word that flashed in my all head. Right. All right, get out of my head. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we are here to help you keep it together out there, even if everything else falls apart. Friends and neighbors... Have you been injured in an accident? With a larcenous lava, Well, our attorney says don't call me. Call Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy and listen to this.
1: All information given and opinions voiced on Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy's Survival Medicine Hour are for entertainment purposes only and do not represent medical advice for anything other than post-apocalyptic settings. No contract or provider-patient relationship exists or is implied between the host and listeners. Dr. Bones and Nursing, we strongly urge their audience to seek modern and standard medical care whenever and wherever it is available. Now I have a question for you.
0: You have a question? I have a
1: question for you. Why have you not recorded this and just put this in every single time we do the show? You make me say I like hearing you say it, but you don't say it a little different every time. Every single time. Uh, You know what I could say? (laughs) This is a pre-recorded message. And then I'll play it, and then people will know they could just fast forward it if they've heard. It for the like millionth time. How many times have My, we been, How many shows have we done?
0: You know that we have done uh, 283 shows. I think we're on number 283, and we've done more than a year's. Wor- we've done more than a year in a row week without taking a break. Uh, when we start doing some speaking tours in, in a month or so, we might take a might take a week off, ladies and gentlemen. So. Pah. watch out <laughs> you say
1: that now i, know, I always I, say that I, I know what happens yeah. i know what happens friday comes and you say
0: oh, oh let's do oh, it." oh
1: come on it'll just take a couple of hours <laughs> we can do it and i'm like honey we're in a hotel room we don't even know what the upload speed is here because see folks after we record this well we have to edit it and then we have to upload it yep to something called Lots Blog Talk,
0: Blog Talk,
1: and if that's slow, I oh, remember when we used to do it on our old. Oh
0: my gosh, on the old internet. computer it was the internet. No, was no, terrible No, not forget the
1: computer. It's just the internet, the internet
0: was terrible. Yeah.
1: So, that, what was like an hour?
0: It was like an hour.
1: <laughs> and now it uploads in ten seconds.
0: Yay! That's crazy. Thank and we still don't that. have a
1: really fast internet. We still have a moderately non telephone dial up
0: <laughs> internet <laughs>
1: we got out of the stone ages honey isn't that a miracle
0: we are just well i was born in the stone age <laughs>
1: okay. so
0: you know that's i'm old school what can okay. I say? old school all right you know what
1: wait listen you guys are you going to mention the super bowl in any way
0: the super bowl um,
1: next week
0: is actually, yeah. Do, it, well, let me. It'll uh, be after this show.
1: We don't do a lot of sports talk. Well, was oh, oh, it this Sunday?
0: No, I think it's. No, the it's
1: this. It fifth. is this Sunday. Is, that,
0: is the fifth this Sunday? Yeah.
1: Yes, it is. Oh my gosh. Okay, so if you folks are listening this weekend, this is 2017, by the way. We're recording this on Friday, and the Super Bowl Sunday. So, who do you think is going to win?
0: Um, the team, not with the you... most points. <laughs> <laughs> Are you kidding? I got people out there from both of these well, places. No, I'm not going
1: to tell them. Well, the truth is I know that you're not that actually a fan of the other team or anything. No, okay. You're not a fan of either of them? Serious fan? I mean, we live in Florida. You you like the Dolphins, whatever. You should like like your local team, folks. My question is analytically, who do you think's going to win? I'm, Analytically, not, I'm not I saying think, emotional or I heart. I think the
0: team with the most points will win, and I am. That's <laughs> that is my belief, and I'm sticking to it. And that's enough of controversy, young lady. No. Actually, actually, I have controversy that I'm going to be talking about in just a second. But first, before I do that, I just want to tell people, hey, just look at the news. There are situations where. If you got injured, man, help would not be directly at hand. So make sure you use some of the common sense the Lord gave you in that noggin of yours and learn what to do for injuries and illness and a disaster. That is proof that you've got a few nuggets of knowledge left in your noggin. And you know what? Smarter yet would be to get some supplies and an awesome medical kit from an awesome person. Like Nurse Amy. Nurse Amy has an entire line of often imitated but never equaled medical kits at store.doomandbloom.net. Meant to handle just about any situation that you'll face if help's not on the way. And unlike other survival kits, quote unquote, (laughs) they're designed by a real doctor and nurse practitioner. So check them out at store.doomandbloom.net. You will be glad you did, I believe. Hey, give us a twirl, Merle. 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 Yeah. Merle from Walking Dead. Oh, we learned. He's not
1: there anymore. (laughs) No, he isn't.
0: He's a zombie. We learn as much from you as you do from us. Maybe more, maybe a lot more. So connect with us. It's easy. And here's a lovely nurse Amy to tell you how she'll look at her list of all the stuff we do.
1: Only if you tell me which team you think is going to win.
0: The team with the most points. (laughs) No way. I ain't doing it.
1: I'm gonna keep asking. You can, by the you way, get
0: the same answer. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I say the Patriots.
0: Oh, oh really, honey? Oh.
1: Did you say the Patriots? Oh, I say the wow. Falcons.
0: Did if you? I... I say the Falcons.
1: Oh, now you're changing it to the Falcons, and huh?
0: The pa- I say the Patriots. <laughs> I say everybody. I think everybody wins when oh, we come together did, oh. for a wonderful <laughs> event. That is, look forward to the whole year. I just peeped in my mouth. Will you please tell people how they can reach us?
1: (laughs) Yes. Well, let's see. Contact. All right, let's do an email. You can email us at drbonespodcast at AOL.com. Facebook. We have a group called Survival Medicine, Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy. Two Facebook pages. One is called Doom and Bloom. I believe there's a TM at the end of that. And the other one is Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy Show. And then you have a personal Facebook called Joe Alton MD and Twitter.
0: Oh, and you can join the Survival Medicine Group.
1: I, that was also. the first thing I said. Did you say that? Yes, I, that? I did. Um, Twitter at Prepper Show. We have a YouTube channel, Dr. Bones and I think it's either Nurse Amy or Ann, Nurse Amy. And uh, we have another podcast. It's politics, you may not want to listen.
0: <laughs> well, it's a lot about current events, and we do actually give opinions. Notice how I don't like giving opinions on this oh, show. we're talking about a football <laughs>
1: team, my goodness gracious.
0: Well, this show is for everyone, and the other show, well, we like it, we have fun doing it, but maybe it's not for everyone. If you're not interested in current events, you're not interested in politics, from a certain point of view, do not... Listen to American Survival Radio, part of Genesis Communications Network. You'll find us there, and you'll find us also broadcast by KPJC, Relevant News Talk Radio in Salem, Oregon, and also KRFE. In Lubbock, Texas. So. I
1: wonder if as many people spend time telling their listeners not to listen to
0: Yeah, don't listen to our stuff. <laughs> don't,
1: don't ever don't listen to this show, don't listen to that show. Now, when we tell you not to listen to this show, really what we mean is you can listen, but heed the advice with what's the word? A healthy sense of research. Because we always want people to research. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Well,
0: you know, that's what we have that disclaimer for you. for you.
1: Absolutely. Every, absolutely. So where are we going to be? Every... Let's talk about where we're going to be.
0: Well, we're going to be in Germantown, Tennessee, near Memphis. That's on February, I think, 27th,
1: 28th? Yes, the last mm-hmm. weekend.
0: We're going to be in New Orleans, Louisiana, the next week, on March 4th through 5th. So we'll be in that Neck of the woods on the same longitude Not the same latitude And we'll be doing all sorts of uh, Lectures, we'll be doing uh, Our wound care, suturing, Mm -hmm. stapling class Uh, You can see our entire line of medical kits But the most important thing If you are in either of those areas Just come by and say hi That is all we ask
1: Let me just mention one more show Uh, It's an RK Prepper show Which is also The same company that's doing the Germantown Show, it's in North Chicago, it's called Gray's Lake
0: Gray's Lake,
1: Illinois Uh huh. It's about an hour north of the city But it's in the North Chicago area and the city's called Gray's Lake, Illinois And I believe, and I think I've said this before That that's the first Real prepper, big prepper Show in that state At least that we know of
0: Well, that, And there might
1: have been some little one day things But
0: Well it's a state that I guess now is more concerned About the future
1: Yeah <laughs> So
0: what can I say Yes that's about true that? it's certainly, funny. Certainly Things a lot have of, swung Yes they have know? swung in, some, in a certain direction <laughs> You know what as a free speech advocate You know I support the people's right To protest and make their opinions heard Unfortunately demonstrations In the US these days are becoming More frequent and more violent And for what I saw At UC Berkeley recently That was nuts I'm expecting them to become more extreme as time goes on You know, and I haven't been at a protest myself Since the Vietnam era And the funny thing is I was just on my way to class (laughs) (laughs) I was in college then Good And back then, I'll tell you I was fit enough to hightail it out of there When the pepper gas flew And indeed it did, actually Mm -hmm. But now... I think I need a little bit more common sense, a little more planning to not get myself in that situation. There's so much civil unrest in the news these days. It's just a good idea to have what I call a riot survival strategy. Whether you're involved in the actual protesting or whether you are just a bystander, it goes without saying that what your sure objective should be, or objective should be, to stay away from where the violence is occurring. That should be number one. Sometimes you can't help but be. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that. You could run smack dab, of course, into a demonstration or it could actually run into you. And things can get dicey pretty fast. And and anybody who reads my stuff and and your stuff, honey, uh, they know that we write a lot about situational awareness. And I'll tell you, that mindset will serve you very well. But I've got some simple tips that are going to help you avoid injury at a protest, and so here's a number of tips that might be useful for you. Now, it's important to always be in a state of yellow alert, which I've always mentioned before when we talk about situational awareness. Yellow alert simply means being aware of your surroundings and the people around you. And when people are behaving strangely, well, take note and avoid them, that's number one. Uh, A second, I've actually got about 13 tips and I hope that you'll bear with me. This is, I think, important, could get you out of a jam.
1: Absolutely. I, I just want to mention one more thing that actually happened, I believe it was this morning or, or last night, was at the Louvre in Paris. There's an entrance into the Louvre from underground, and they they have an underground tunnel that leads to a shopping mall. And apparently a guy made his way through that tunnel unnoticed. You would think they would have some cameras. But got to a guard, and proceeded to try to stab the guard, while yelling "Allah Akbar."
0: Well, I would consider you... that an anomaly. <laughs> yes, yes, but wow. The
1: question is, what did he look like walking towards the Louvre? You know, did he have on a an excessively large jacket? I, I know it's cold there, but he's underground now at this point. Where did where was he hiding this knife?
0: Well, I'll tell you, you what. Know? You know what a lot of law enforcement does is Always keep an eye at people in, on, on people's hands Yeah it, you, People's hands can have a weapon in them And even if they don't have a weapon Oftentimes they're going to their pocket to check That the weapon is still there And that's something that I think is a, a really good idea They probably were were keeping an eye on that and if, and if you can do that Well, you might be able to identify someone who's up to no good
1: Well, another scary thing is you and I have actually been in that tunnel Oh, we've yeah. actually walked out of the Louvre through that tunnel because it, it's a non-exposed area to uh, the subway. You we've been in there. a number
0: of places where what we've is... just missed.
1: Ne- we've been in Nice, where mm-hmm. that truck was. Uh-huh. We've been in Paris.
0: We actually we actually traveled the day before on the same plane that the guy that tried oh, to set his shoe on the fire. shoe bomber. We're on the same flight oh, just the previous day. And so that is pretty crazy. We were, of course, in Gatlinburg just a couple of weeks before the huge fire there. So we have missed, just missed quite a few, quite quite a few. Oh, big you know issues. what else?
1: Uh, there was somebody that crashed a plane that was flying out of Munich, I think, towards Spain, and we had taken a flight going the other direction,
0: right, from right. Madrid right to to
1: like Munich. Right, we had just. Like a week or two before, we had just gotten home.
0: Yeah, so it's uh, amazing how we just never know how lucky we are, so how close, freaky. close we've been to, to getting ourselves in trouble. So bo- all bottom right. line, Let's see.
1: safety. Bottom Tell us line, some safety.
0: yellow alert. Make sure you're at yellow alert at all times that you're in a crowd, and certainly if that crowd is an angry one. Now, another thing that's important is you always have to mentally map out routes of escape as you walk along. In Indoors, of course, you look for the nearest exit. But outdoors, you're looking for the nearest side street, a building or a subway entrance that will get you off the street. These things are are very useful. And, right. and I have to tell you, if you don't know the area, maybe you should move away to where you know the lay of the land. I think that that is another thing that's important. Now, if you have to make your way through the crowd, you should stay on the fringes. Don't get caught in the masses of people that are surging away or towards, in this case... At Berkeley, the violence. If you do, they're deciding your movements. You're not deciding your movements anymore, and you're going to be taken to maybe where you don't want to be. Uh, you want to, of course, avoid any confrontations with protesters. Actually, anybody, protesters, police. Anybody. That's hard else. to do. And well, I'll you tell really you,
1: have to have a lot of restraint. But what you have to think about it is this: this is a huge mob, and mob think is not always sane think.
0: But there are and some that's th- important th- to know. Yes. There are some things I have to say though that people can get themselves in trouble. For example, the woman a, a woman that was being interviewed at UC Berkeley right. had to make a America great hat on again. And that's her right to have that, but what she, what that hat was was essentially a target right in the middle of her forehead and oh. she got pepper sprayed. Also, a man the next day I think also had a hat mm-hmm. on and he was Pulled out of his car and beaten. So, you know, these are things that pe- if you don't want to conf- be in a confrontation, right. you don't want to get into a, a brouhaha, then don't advertise.
1: But the sad thing is, why can't we all just have our opinions?
0: We can't.
1: I don't understand why only only certain people are allowed to have opinions, this but is, others are not allowed to have opinions. Isn't this america
0: this is I'm
1: I'm literally going to cry here. Well, what uh, is happening?
0: Well, free speech is no longer free. Free at a lot of in a lot of places in this country and that is the end of our of our political opinions on this show.
1: Okay, it's not a political opinion to believe in free speech and that's what we're discussing.
0: Well, we're That's actually all. discussing That's safety. All. No, what
1: I brought up. Well, what I'm, just I'm discussing saying how, is how safety. sad it is that that girl can't wear a hat. She can't, and I don't care if you wear. A if hat she doesn't want to get. says whatever, as long as it doesn't have curse words and it's not offensive to small children. Well,
0: if it's my daughter, wear
1: whatever you want. Yeah, if a shirt My daughter. Don't, I don't hurt want each her, other.
0: If it's my daughter, I don't want her to wear a hat in an anti-Trump. Rally or a, any of these far left For rallies.
1: safety, I get that All I'm saying is it, that's a sad state of affairs
0: And you're right, it is a, a very point. sad state of affairs We'll be talking about that <clears throat> on American Survival Radio this week uh, Another thing that's very useful is to have a bandana handy Interestingly, that's an essential survival supply Everybody should have a bandana It's not a gas mask per se But it can work at riots when tear gas is sprayed Now some people advocate the soaking of the cloth with lemon juice Or apple cider vinegar mm-hmm. That's thought to uh, I'll give you a little more time to get into an area Of fresh air Now I would say it's an awesome thing to have But from now on avoid Black bandanas At Berkeley there were these organized mask <clears throat> Ninjas in black outfits And oh, black yeah. masks All you That can see caused most their... of the damage
1: All you can see are their eyes
0: Right. You don't want to be confused With one of these people Especially by law enforcement Right Now, of course, you want to be mobile So you want to wear sneakers or other footwear That's going to allow you the most mobility The only person wearing heels there (laughs) Is going to be a reporter A a female reporter, hopefully (laughs)
1: Hey, you know what? Again, free speech, whatever
0: (laughs) So also make sure that you're pretty well covered up That you're well clothed So your skin is protected (laughs) Uh, if you do wind up getting tear gas or other chemicals on you, you got to wash those clothes thoroughly or throw them away because it may take more than one washing to get all that out. Uh, another thing, be aware of the movement of law enforcement officers, but do not approach them. And the important thing to know is that their job is tough enough as it is and they are not going to be able to hear you above the roar of the crowd. So make sure that you do not approach or try to get close to law enforcement secu- uh, security personnel.
1: Unless you're trying to report a crime.
0: If you try to report a crime, however, they're not going to probably hear you over the roar of the crowd.
1: Go to someone on the edge. There's always supervisors around. Try and find somebody who's not part of the wall that's moving of the law enforcement. All
0: right.
1: But don't be afraid to report a crime, Ever.
0: That's right, but call nine one one to do it. <laughs> don't don't run up to a line of police. Yeah,
1: don't run up to a, a riot. Or a line a of riot. riot police. No, yeah. no, not a not a good idea.
0: So, or and and if if you have a different opinion out there, please please feel free to write it in comments down uh, on our blog talk comment section. Now, another thing is that people at these rallies mm-hmm. or demonstrations or protests that <clears throat> if you run along these things when other people aren't running you wind up getting a lot of unwanted attention unwanted attention from other riders unwanted attention perhaps from law enforcement True. and the important thing is stay calm and walk quickly let's say around the corner or to higher ground or any other safe spot but don't call attention to yourself while you're doing You should be inconspicuous. I mean it may be hard if you're <clears throat> very tall or if you're I don't know, have feathers, but <laughs> but do your best to That would be, be like during Mardi the, Gras. Yeah. Do you, <laughs> well that actually is really <clears throat> hard to find. How Most would... everybody wearing feathers on the <laughs> So do your best to be the gray man, as they say. Right. If you possibly can. Now, if you're with friends, you need to stick together. But if you can't, you get pulled apart from the crowd. You should have agreed to a meeting place beforehand in case you get separated. So that's something that you should certainly consider. I mean, in in these kinds of uh, protests, there are a lot of crowds. Crowds are moving in in different waves, and you, you and your buddies might not be able to stay together. So know at least where you're planning to meet afterwards. Uh, by the way as you are moving through here and you should be moving like i said on the edges uh, if you're moving on the fringe you might wind up being close to walls or or fences or blockades other solid objects just be very careful about that because people if the masses of protesters are very large or if uh, there's a threat to them they oh, may yes. crush you against like a, a wall or a fence yeah
1: right absolutely
0: Uh, Some people say to carry uh, a bottle of water if you're going to be passing through a protest, Mm -hmm. because if you wind up getting uh, hit by tear gas, uh, you need need to have something to spray in your face, you know, to try to uh, wash some of that off, especially in your eyes. Uh, Other people say milk. Other people say diluted uh, liquid and acid, like Mm -hmm. Mailoc. Some people say Coca Cola. Uh, The only thing that actually has been tested and is thought to be effective is water but many activists have written I I read a bunch of articles on this mm-hmm. I've pretty much claimed that you know milk or other types of concoctions okay. homemade remedies work better actually than may work better than water some people feel that's the case I just don't have any hard data one way or another so
1: so if somebody finds a antidote to pepper spray they could sell it at riots
0: Yes. As a matter of fact, if you had milk or if you had bottled water at riots, you probably could do a pretty brisk, brisk, business, brisk business as well. So
1: water, hot dogs, tuna, uh, turkey sandwiches, and anti-pepper spray. There you go. <laughs> or pepper spray antidote.
0: Well, luckily, the effects of pepper spray do resolve over a relatively short period of time, but it's no fun while you're dealing with it, I'll tell you. Uh, if, if you're involved in a protest, by the way... Carry a basic medical kit that's going to help treat injuries and stop bleeding. And especially if if you are one of the protesters, it's a good thing to have. If you really are going to be in an area, any area at risk, whether you're in a protest or just passing through, you should have thought about this beforehand. Plan, plan things out. Have a small medical kit with you. Uh, you I understand that... It's a likely that you guys are never going to get caught in civil unrest out there. But having a solid plan of action, man, that's just common sense in these troubled times. So we've got to be prepared for man-made disasters like civil unrest, just as we are prepared for hurricanes and tornadoes, earthquakes, all sorts Absolutely. of stuff like that. Hey, you know, speaking of medical kits, we are designing a kit in the midst of designing a kit. For law enforcement officers to have on them in case of an injury to themselves or, or civilians, and we, and we want to put an APB out to all members of the Thin Blue Line to connect with us and tell us what they would want to see in a compact medical pack that they could access while on duty.
1: Well, yeah, I have a few questions.
0: <laughs> all right, good.
1: I, well, uh, what, oh would, you, what would you okay, want you to want ask? You want me to them? present? Okay. What would
0: you want to ask? Them?
1: First of all, I. I Pretty much know what I want to put in the kit, so that's not the issue. I would like to know uh, if you prefer one or two tourniquets. I know there's a mantra, one for me and one for my partner. Um, I would, I want to know is Molly okay? Because most of these military style bags attach to backpacks or even can attach to your belt via Molly attachments, but they have snaps, and the question is. Is that just totally inappropriate for a police officer who could be struggling with somebody and those snaps come undone or you know, jumping over a fence or doing a physical activity and, and have it fall off? What kind of attachment is okay? Is, is Molly okay or does it have to be some sort of plastic clip attached to the bag? Or the belt. Or, or Right. Well, what I'm saying is the, the belt attachment from the bag can it be molly or can it be a plastic clip either of those i would like to know what you guys prefer Um, maybe what size is it okay to be a little bit bigger than say um, a cell phone height and width um, maybe a couple inches deep uh, well, also, weight is important You know, a few ounces You know, how how much weight is okay Where do you prefer to carry this little kit? Do you prefer to carry it in the front? Do you prefer to carry it on the hip? Or is this something that you guys put in the back? Or do you put it into a pocket?
0: Or Is there available
1: you, pocket space? Or
0: would it be something you wouldn't want to carry And you would just keep in the squad car? That's possible too
1: See, I'm going to have to say I'm probably going to get a negative from that because if you're injured chasing somebody, you can't crawl back to your car. So I'm going to say this has to be something that's on them. Uh, You can have a squad car kit for others if you're not injured, but if you're injured or your partner, who is most likely right next to you is injured, you need to have it because you might not be right next to your car. So I understand that. Um, So I think those are my basic questions. Molly or Belt Clip? size, where where do you carry it? Um, also, does the material carry? Is nylon okay? Did it, does it need to be mil-spec canvas? Or do you prefer to have um, a vacuum-packed, shrunk package? Now, I will say one thing about that. Um, knowing what happens to your hands, either with or without gloves, if somebody's bleeding, it is very, very difficult to open a package like that. Even with the little cuts on the side of these uh, slippery packages, <clears throat> it's nearly impossible to open them. And if you don't believe me, take take a plastic bag and get your hands a little bit slippery and watery and try to open it. Your hand slips all over it. It's impossible to tear open a plastic bag like that. So my feeling is I'm a zippered, either Molly bag or something with a belt clip. But feedback is Awesome! If there's something that you don't think is mainstream for medical supplies, and you always want to have that in your kit, shoot me a line. Again, Dr. Bones, B O N E S podcast, P O D C A S T at aol.com. dot com. And once you write to me, I may actually uh, have a couple more questions for you as we go along with product development. So, thank uh, you, folks. I really appreciate your help out there.
0: Well. To us, blue lives really matter. So, you know, we're going to be working on getting together what we think is a really good kit. Mm-hmm. We'll putting out an announcement, hopefully in the near future, about a project that we might have in mind. It might save some lives one day. So if you are a law enforcement member, want to help out a beautiful woman <laughs> and a very old man, please contact us. We certainly, we certainly appreciate the work that you guys do. Hey, you know, if you remember the movie Titanic, and you saw hundreds of people bobbing in the freezing ocean after the sinking. We've spoken so much about hypothermia over the last few weeks. The last thing that I have, as we are still in the midst of winter, is what happens when you fall into cold water. When you fall or fall into the water, a boat capsizes, let's say you fall off a dock or something happens, you wind up finding yourself in the drink you know if if you're exposed to a large amount of cold water uh, or a large part of your body is exposed to cold water that causes heat loss very quickly in most cases and you can bet that just about everybody in the water and at the titanic sinking was probably beyond medical help within a very very short time now, in the event that you find yourself in cold water, you have to have a strategy that's going to help keep you alive until you're rescued. So what would you do if your boat capsizes or something else happens that throws you into into the water? Mm-hmm. Now, I say cold water, but really water doesn't have to be that cold to cause hypothermia. Any water that's really cooler than body temperature is going to cause heat loss of so your your body The body's heat is radiated out into a colder environment, and so it does cause heat loss. Let's say even if I fell uh, off a boat here, Right. Off Miami or Anything Fort Lauderdale. Anything
1: below body temperature. Right. You know, eventually, it's right. going to sap you.
0: It's just a matter of time. I mean, of, of the amount of time that right. you wind up being in the water. I mean, you can die of hypothermia off a tropical coast uh, if you're in the water long enough, right? Absolutely. So, here's a few things that you need to do in order to increase your chances of surviving <laughs> in cold water or in the water. Uh, one, of course, wear a life jacket. If you're in a boat, and you really should wear a life jacket. I'm sure I really shouldn't tell you, but I'll bet that a lot of you don't out there. The life ja- jacket helps you stay alive longer. It enables you to float without using a lot of energy. It's not that you don't know how to swim. Right. It's just a matter that it is a energy savings. Right. That, if that you don't have up. to
1: kick and you don't have to move your arms around and you can just sort of be there... You're certainly going to lose less heat.
0: That's right, and also the jacket provides a little bit of insulation. Uh, and many of them are built in, uh, are built with uh, whistles and or a beacon or some light mm-hmm. that so that you will have a signal that you are in the water and you're in distress.
1: I'd like to have mine with a satellite phone.
0: Have a awesome. <laughs> well, satellite
1: phone built in.
0: Waterproof satellite phone would course, be awesome. yes. Of
1: course. <laughs> Say, yo, I just fell in the water. <laughs> Please come get me.
0: Now, if you've ever fallen in the water with your clothes on or jumped in a pool, for example, with your clothes on, you know that you feel, ve- I mean, oh, it's the water heavy. has yeah, it's a wet, lot of weight to the water. Oh, yeah. And so you might think that if the water isn't too cold, you might want to take off your clothes and make it easier for you to, mm-hmm. to swim away. Right. But the truth of the matter is you really should keep your clothes on. uh you should really actually not just keep your clothes on button or zip up as, as far as you possibly can. If you can cover your head if at all possible, do it because the layer of water between clothing and your and body, your body right. is slightly warmer and it may help insulate you a little bit from the cold. So you should remove your clothing only after you're safely out of the water and then, of course, do whatever you possibly can to dry up and and keep warm. Uh, um now, if let's say you're in the water and there's some floating objects around, try to get out of the water even if you can only do it partially. The less percentage of your body surface that's out of the water, the less heat you're going to lose. In other words, the more of your body out of the water, the more heat you retain.
1: <clears throat> Absolutely.
0: Now, if you climb onto a capsized boat or crab onto a floating object, that's going to increase your chances of survival. The important thing is to don't, uh, to not to use up a lot of energy swimming to someplace unless you have a place to swim to. So don't look around for things that are floating. Uh-huh. I mean, don't swim around looking for things that are floating. I if mean, it if happens you can to see be something, you, right? That you can swim to, go there. If not, don't. Now, if you're you're in place, you've got a life jacket on, uh, it's important to do everything you can to lessen the amount of heat loss from Mm -hmm. your body. And there's a certain position that you put your body in that's called the help position or the heat escape lessening position. Heat,
1: wait, heat. H-E,
0: go ahead.
1: Heat escape lessening position. H-E-L-P. I'll I'll just remember help.
0: (laughs) Now, to do that, it's very simple, just... Grab your knees, hold them as close to your chest as possible, and just basically ball up as, as best you can. This, this works best if you have a life jacket on, otherwise your head would tend to f- fall forward. We have
1: a picture of this in our book.
0: Yes, that's right. If it, it, There's a drawing. Exactly. And uh, if you do that, that's a help position and that helps protect your body core, core right. from some heat loss. Now, if you are with other people in the water, get together. If you've fallen into water with other people, you, what you should do is grab onto each other, hook arms or do something else to stay together, face each other in a, as tight a circle as possible and hold onto each other. If you can do this, then you're creating a slightly warmer area around you because of your body heat and it will give you a, a little longer period of time before you get in trouble so these are some things that are useful to do if you happen to be tossed in the drink
1: (laughs) in the drink
0: (laughs) we're going to take a short break you're listening to
1: the doom and bloom survival medicine hour we'll be right back thank you are you worried about how dangerous the world has become in these days of terrorist attacks natural disasters or even a future collapse, you need to be medically prepared to keep your family safe. I'm Amy Alton, ARNP of store.doomandbloom.net, where you'll find an entire line of uniquely designed medical kits and supplies for when help is not on the way. For everything from individual first aid kits to the ultimate family medical bag, go to
0: store.doomandbloom.net today. You'll be glad you did. And we're back. You're listening to the Doom and Bloom Survival Medicine Hour with Joe and Amy Alden, also known as Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy. You know, it's not spring yet, but I think that we should talk a little bit about allergies. Allergies are a big deal, especially at certain times of the year. Seasonal allergies get really get people going. And there are a lot of other issues that are related to allergies, asthma, and just about every kind of possible hypersensitivity reaction could cause major issues. So it's important for people to know what to do when they have allergies and other kinds of issues. Now, allergies are reactions caused by a hypersensitivity of the immune system to, let's say, a substance that is ingested that you eat, or perhaps it might be in the environment. We call things like that allergens. An allergen is a substance that you're exposed to in some way that causes you to have an overreaction on the part of your immune system. Now, these allergens, these substances, may have little or no effect on other people. You may be the only person that's affected by them, but there are a lot of people, a good significant percentage of the population, does have some kind of allergy to something, some kind of reaction to something, That can affect their quality of life. In the worst cases, of course, with things like anaphylactic shock, it can affect life itself and can be very, very serious. So let me talk a little bit about a history of allergies. Now, if you've told a doctor just 100 years ago or maybe a little more than 100 years ago Uh that you had an allergy, guess what? he or she probably wouldn't know what you're wouldn't talking about. When you have a about. clue. <laughs> the word allergy was coined in the year 1906 by an Austrian pediatrician and immunologist named uh, Clemens von Perquet. Or Ver- Perquet, depends on how you want to pronounce it. Uh, the word is derived from the, word, uh, from the Greek words "allo," meaning other, and ergon, meaning reaction. Other reaction, Mm -hmm. essentially. So this doctor and uh, scientist, Von Perkett, and his associates noted that certain people who received a, a type of smallpox vaccine had more severe reactions than most people. And so he figured out that this is something that there was some substance in there that was causing the reaction to occur In Some people and others, therefore, an other reaction or an allergy. Later on, there was another scientist named Charles Mantoux, who used this knowledge to create, guess what, a test for tuberculosis, where an allergic skin reaction to a substance that's injected just under the skin reveals whether you were exposed or not. And that substance is derived from the actual tuberculosis microbe itself. And interestingly enough, a form of this test is still being used now, 100 yeah, years later. Yeah, that's pretty the amazing. The tuberculin test, yeah.
1: I mean, think about that. How long ago it was invented.
0: It is amazing. And there's
1: nothing else. I mean, there is, but it's a simple test, it's and a, it works.
0: Yeah, right, exactly. I mean, there's a
1: few false positives, but, you know, for the most part, it's it's pretty good.
0: Well, they did that to me after during the Mario boat lift, and I'll tell you, I was pretty shocked. When I turned up with a pretty good reaction to the tuberculin test, it came out positive, and I won't ever forget it. And it was indeed a sign of an, an allergy, essentially, to, to that substance right. in, the, in the tuberculosis bacterium. Now, the worst kind of allergic reaction, uh, also known as anaphylactic shock, that was discovered by a French physiology named Charles Richet. And had another uh, scientist with him named Paul Portier, and what they did is they injected the venom of a sea anemone, um, one of those things, a clownfish that Nemos likes to live in, and they injected that venom into a number of dogs. They were, they were trying to find some substance that would protect human humans from jellyfish stings, right? And protect the protection is called prophylaxis. Right. Just think of a condom. It's a prophylactic. It's protection. Mm -hmm. But they wound up injecting the dogs with the same uh, material a second time. And they found that a second ingestion actually killed a lot of the dogs. And since this was the opposite of protection, instead of naming it it prophylaxis or prophylaxis, they named it antiphylaxis or anaphylaxis. So it is the opposite of protection. It is harm done by exposure to that particular substance. Now let's talk a little bit about how allergens cause reactions. Now common allergens to which people are exposed include uh, pollens, metals, insect stings, medications, foods. There are so many different things. There are also internal factors such as age, sex, race, family history. And how do all of these things combine to cause the physical symptoms of an allergy? So, an immune reaction against an allergen occurs when it's encountered for the first time. Let's say it's a bee sting. For the first time in your your life, you are stung by a bee. Mm -hmm. You have cells in the body that are called T-cells. And these T-cells in your blood identify the bee venom and they interact with other cells called B-cells. The B cells produce antibodies. And antibodies so, Let
1: me just mention that those B cells have nothing to do with bees. Yes. <laughs> there you go. I just I just want to break that up a little bit because, you know, you start talking about bees and then you talk about B cells, so that's just the name right. of the cells. We have T cells.
0: <laughs> so T cells identify the venom. And B cells produce antibodies. And the antibodies basic are, are substances that attach to other cells in the body that become what are, what is known as sensitized. And when they become sensitized, these cells, then that means that an, an immune reaction may occur. Now, no physical effects are usually noticed at the time the person gets the, the first, first B cell.
1: And that's important for people to know. If you got stung by bee for the first time in your life, and you're telling people that you had a, a bad reaction, it was probably just the swelling and pain that you had, unless you almost stopped breathing. It's the second time,
0: right? That this is that you happen. could possibly have that, right? So when that second exposure happens, it's a different story. These cells that were sensitized in the body are activated. And they produce a huge amount of histamine and other inflammatory chemicals in the body. And they flood into your system and they can cause very severe physical reactions, much more beyond just local bite.
1: Histamine Mm -hmm. is some nasty stuff, folks. (laughs) If you have any issues with allergies and you get those red, bright, runny, itchy eyes, your nose starts pouring Usually clear liquid. I mean, your face, you want to scratch your face off. Of course, this is just a hay fever reaction. What we're talking about is generally much further down the line with severity.
0: Oh, yeah. Now, let's talk a little bit about symptoms of allergies. How can you identify these? I mean, they can appear in a lot of different forms, very mild perhaps or or even very, very severe uh, conditions can include food allergies, local skin reactions, uh, drug or toxin reactions, hay fever, allergic asthma. And the symptoms you'll notice are some of the things that Amy just mentioned. Red eyes, itching, right. nasal congestion maybe, difficulty Sneezing, breathing, right, swelling.
1: A scratchy throat.
0: Yes, scratchy throat. An irritation throat.
1: in your throat. Right, you start right. feeling <clears throat> you might eat something and <clears throat> suddenly you're doing this. Right. <clears throat> or... You, you have, start having a post-nasal drip, and then you're coughing with that.
0: And in the worst cases, it can actually cause so much swelling that it, it interferes with your being able to breathe.
1: Yeah. If your tongue starts feeling funny, um, you need to get to a hospital, or it, hopefully someone's got an EpiPen around you, because that's we'll be usually a sign. That.
0: Absolutely. Uh, hay f- let's talk about hay fever. It's the most, one of the most common. Uh, usually, a seasonal reaction to high pollen counts in the air from certain plants, and can happen at different times of the year in different places based on their climate. Right, a lot of
1: people a lot of people will move if they have severe allergies where they live.
0: Right, that's true. But the funny thing is that that's no guarantee that they won't be allergic to, to something to- where they're moving to. <laughs>
1: My family, we actually yeah. went back and forth from Georgia to Miami a couple of times, and uh, the third time we came for for the final destination from Atlanta to Miami uh, was based on. From what my mom said at the time, a lot to do with all of our allergies. Allergies, huh? That we had we had gone to South Florida. When we returned to Georgia the first time, we all had terrible reactions to what was, I guess, blooming out by our house. And my mom said, that's it. We're going back to Florida. We didn't have all these problems. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs>
0: what a mess. Oh I, my know, God. I know, I know. Now, people with hay fever usually don't have a fever like you might have if you have a, a flu or, or, or a bad cold, perhaps. But they will have sneezing from a, a runny, clogged nose like a cold. Mm-hmm. But they won't have... Or, but people with colds usually don't have red, itchy, watery eyes.
1: That is a very good distinction.
0: So hay fever, you'll get rich, This these red, watery eyes, and itchy. itching, itchy. runny nose... Uh you won't have a fever. Uh but you can have a post nasal drip that causes a, a cough uh when the mucus is running down the back of the throat. From and also like the back I mentioned, th-
1: what's coming out is generally clear. Yes. It's not green, it's not yellow, it's not thick or junky. It's usually watery. And when you're sneezing it's watery and what's coming out of your eyes is watery and what you're coughing up is watery. And especially what you're sneezing is watery, so.
0: Now, if you have issues like this that seem to occur at certain times of the year, you can actually get tested for these things, and will identify, could identify, what it is that you're actually allergic to. Though so there, these are skin patch tests or scratch tests, they call them. Some blood tests they have a bright, will do it. Blood a, panels. They have a lot it. of
1: good blood panels to check for allergies now. So. Um, now they you are had doing,
0: one you had something. You've like had that.
1: the back uh, patch. Yes. The back prick test. Yes. That was that was wild. Yeah,
0: like, how many They, they injected me with seventy different things. I was gonna say
1: at least fifty, but yeah, it was more like seventy. Yeah. That was crazy.
0: And I wasn't allergic to hardly anything. Maybe uh, I'm trying to think of what I was allergic roach, to. I think you had Oh did you yeah. have a
1: reaction to roach?
0: Cockroaches or yeah. something. I don't know. And I like had a some food, bugs.
1: food panel. I can't eat garlic, eggs, green beans.
0: <laughs> I don't know about that. It seems like an awful lot. Well,
1: I will tell you that eggs make me dizzy and feel out of my body. Just Eggs. Eggs have always, my entire life, made me feel strange. Tired, dizzy, and just uh, like a fog. There's like a fog in the head. But only... Uh, eggs and apparently garlic too. I have that but all I don't, the time. I don't notice it with garlic, really, I have to say.
0: I'm foggy all the time. I just had a
1: salad, and the dressing we made had some garlic in it. I don't feel weird. Do I look weird? No, <laughs> I'm just kidding. You look beautiful.
0: <laughs> but you know what? We are pretty close out of time. I'm going to be talking. Ne- we'll talk next week Good. about uh, allergic skin reactions. We'll be talking about food allergies, drug allergies. We're going to have just a great allergic old time. (laughs) Absolutely. Before we go, however, I want to encourage people to feel the joy and satisfaction that occurs (laughs) when you help the elderly.
1: And what elderly would they be helping, darling?
0: Well, I'm elderly. I'm one of those elderly guys that you can help. You can help me and your family By getting a copy of our brand new third edition of the Survival Medicine Handbook, the essential guide for when medical help is not on the way, 700 pages, 150 medical topics, all sorts of stuff that you might have to confront in a disaster or an epidemic or the zombie apocalypse.
1: There is one good thing, though. What makes us happy every day is that we wake up and we wake up.
0: Yes. Waking up (laughs) is awesome. Check our books out at Amazon.com. Thank you so much for listening, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be back next week.
1: This has been Joe and Amy Alton of the Doom and Bloom Survival Medicine Hour. Thanks for listening.